Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne. Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Villain Was Right, the podcast where we look at movies and TV show from the villain's perspective and dare to ask, were they really all that bad? I'm your host, Craig Fay, And I'm your host, Rebecca Reeds. And this week on the podcast, this is much requested. I cannot believe how many times we've received requests <laughs> for this movie. And we finally, law-abiding citizen, everybody. Do you remember this movie, Rebecca? Um, I did not. Because uh, <laughs> I think I watched it one time and went, okay. And that was it for me. That was good. And... <laughs> Upon return, I was like, this was the most requested. Like, I was like, literally, the movie opens up and I'm like, oh, good. You're going to warn me first about the rape scene. Okay, great. (laughs) Nice and light for the middle of the afternoon. You know what I mean? This is, by the way, not an afternoon movie. (laughs) If you're wondering. (laughs) Yeah, and it's funny that you mention it like... Uh, you didn't. Re- you saw it when it first came out and didn't remember it, because that's exactly how I felt too. Where I was just kind of like, it's it's uh it's like kind of a. I watched it once and I was like, yep, and have completely forgotten about it, except for the fact that we've had this requested so many times, and I don't know if it's because it's fucked up or <laughs> uh, what, but like basically, basically we put it aside because we were like, one of us needs to like rewatch this. And I think I watched the first about 15 minutes and I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We can do this. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) And then it gets. I was watching it. I'm like, this is just the Joker with better equipment. Yeah, it's it's pretty messed up. And like, I think there's some interesting arguments and conversations to be had about it. Um so, which is why we haven't axed it, right? Like, <laughs> well, okay. If this podcast was called, you can kind of see his point. <laughs> then yeah, okay, yeah. You get if this was like, you can understand the motivations of a villain. Then yes, okay. Yeah. I get this guy's motivations. We're- Would could we make the argument he goes way too far? For oh sure. yes, yes, we can. Um, yeah, we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> A lot of murder. Um, So for those of you who have not seen Law Abiding Citizen, we've got uh, Clyde Shelton, played by Gerard Butler, uh, Nick Rice, uh, who's a lawyer, played by Jamie Foxx, some other people. But basically what happens is uh, Gerard Butler's entire family, wife and kid, are murdered in a violent home invasion right in front of him. He is left for dead, uh, presumably survives. Uh, We cut to a couple years later, and they're trying to convict the two guys who did it. And... 
the the attorney Jamie Foxx is like, hey, we fucked up. We can't get a conviction on both of these guys. So one of them is going to have to testify, basically a plea deal. And one of them gets the electric chair uh, or lethal injection, and the other is out in five years, and it's presumably the more guilty one who got out earlier. Um, so then uh, we fast forward to 10 years later, and it's the execution of the guy uh, uh, who was convicted. And, uh, oh, something goes horribly wrong, and he's, uh, he's brutally killed instead of humanely killed. And uh, it's... Uh, clear that maybe it was the other guy who did it. Anyway, we learned that it was actually Gerard Butler getting revenge on the guy, and he kills the other dude in a very brutal, torturous way. Uh, and then uh, it goes on from there where they, they he gets caught by the police and put in jail, and the uh, uh, J.B. Fox is like, uh, tell me why you did it. And uh, then the guy goes on a killing spree where he ends up killing. Uh, he sort of declares war on the system, is, what I would, is that fair to say? Like yes. kind of the justice system? Yes. He does. So he kills, yeah, absolutely does. So he kills the defense lawyer who defended the guys. He kills the judge who presided on the case. Uh, he, he kills a Jamie Foxx's assistant who helped on the case. He kills the district attorney, and he attempts to kill the mayor. And he just kind of fucking goes nuts. And we learned that he was a spy at one point and like knows how to make devices that kill people, which feels like a plot point from a different movie. Uh, and we'll get into that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We'll get into that a lot because, like, I feel like this was a different movie when it was first pitched. Um, and then at the end, uh, Jamie Foxx ends up basically outsmarting him. And, oh, he tunneled out of prison. So he had this whole thing. Oh, he kills his uh, cellmate, too. And he had this whole plan where he wanted to be in prison so he could, like, keep attacking people. Jamie Foxx figures it out brings one of his bombs basically into the jail cell with him, locks him in, and Gerard Butler ends up blowing himself up at the end. Did I miss anything important? A lot of killing. Is, yes. Uh, there's honestly, <laughs> as I was watching this movie, like as far as defending the villain, I was like, I have a headache. <laughs> I, I just kept thinking, I have a headache. <laughs> like this, this is hurting my brain. <laughs> like I, because <laughs> yeah. like you you understand but there's just like a couple of points and, I, and we'll get into it but there's a couple of points where i'm like oh you could have just done this like, yes that's yeah and that's the thing i think we're gonna hang on is yeah. uh you could have stopped at a point and we maybe would have been on your side yeah. uh before we get to who we think the villain of the movie is in case it wasn't apparent uh <laughs> Uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor, our first sponsor uh, for today's episode, Liquid Death. Liquid, Liquid Death. Death. The water that comes in a tall boy. Okay, they look cool. I, I do say, I, I, I do like the look of them. But it, what's nice about them is they don't come in a plastic can. It's water, baby, that's coming in a can instead yeah. of those plastic water bottles, which I so hate. Yeah, absolutely. And like, if you don't, plastic water bottles, not recyclable. They tell you they are, but they are not. Like, they basically get chopped up into fine pieces and then end up in a turtle eventually. I don't know how that whole process works, but a lot of these things do not get recycled. Um, they get downcycled or whatever. It's really bad. But aluminum is one of those things that absolutely is infinitely recyclable. It's way, way better to get uh, aluminum from a melted-down can and reuse it, put some of this water in it, and this is refreshing cold water. If you've ever had a beer from a tall boy can, it is so cold and it is so crisp, and this fresh mountain water 
uh, does that as well. It's absolutely going to murder your thirst is what they're saying here. Uh, and, and on top of that, they're also giving out or, or sorry, donating, giving, donating. That's the same word. Uh, 10% <laughs> of all their, all their profits go to fighting plastic pollution. So in addition to being uh, completely recyclable, they're also fighting plastic pollution, which is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, great for a picnic. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want to you don't want to have a have a beer. That's 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 where it's at, right? Liquid Death is available at 7-Eleven and Whole Foods, or you can purchase online at liquiddeath.com and use the promo code VILLAIN at checkout to get a free koozie? Cozy? We were talking about this earlier. I'm like, is it koozie or cozy? I've never heard koozie before. We might be Canadian. Is that we're all, oh, is that, can- is it the Canadian that's showing right now that it's, <laughs> we've been calling them cozies and they're koozies, which is uh, honestly a funner word. I will say that. It's just a funner <laughs> word. Um, so if you use the promo code villain at checkout for a free koozie two pack uh, <laughs> with a purchase of a case of water, again, that's liquiddeath.com promo code villain for a free koozie with a purchase of a case of water and now back to our regular programming uh who is the villain of this movie gerard butler (laughs) oh my god wow okay okay yeah and like it's it's so obvious but like i it's very weird like as we said the movie starts and you're kind of like oh Maybe this isn't so clear cut. Maybe we don't know who the villain is. And I think for maybe about that first 30 minutes of the movie, it's really asking the question of who is the villain here and what is wrong and what is justice. And then it turns so hard into a completely indefensible villain. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's crazy. It's like, yeah, and I get it. Okay, the stakes are high and these people are bad at their jobs. Okay, I understand that. But like there's a different there's different things we could have done. There's a different I, you, way. Okay. And, you know and what's the the most upsetting one for me? And and I know this sounds so great, but it was just it was and it, the movie would have ended so fast had it have been my plan, right? First of all, the guy that's on death row, like why? What <laughs> he's there. He's going. <laughs> okay. And secondarily, as soon as Darcy <laughs> He calls him. He's like, all right, you got a bunch of cocaine. Like, he's watching this guy, right? He's like, you got a bunch of cocaine. You've got. And Darcy, by the way, is the guy who, like, really. Definitely. The mur- yeah. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> and if if you guys were suggesting that we might defend Darcy, I'm going to say it's going to be a hard no for me. Yeah. Uh, hard no on this side. Uh, so he's like, okay, you've got cocaine. Like, it's like that, that like, um, digital voice. I'm, I'm watching you. Like, the uh, cops are going to get you. Yeah, you yeah, run. Yeah, and- yeah that, 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 like, Matrix thing of, like, I'm going to guide you through every place to where I need you to get to, right? Thing is, Darcy fucking pops out of this building, just starts open firing on cops. I'm like, you could have stopped right there. This guy's in jail forever. Okay, yeah. as soon as you start shooting at cops, like that, that's the only thing. I feel like everything else is like, oh yeah, you know, the criminal code and like there's like ways to get around it and there's these like 
bullshit lawyers that could get you off. This guy open fired on like 30 officers. Good night. Yeah. Like problem solved. This man's off the streets. Well, and that, that raises an excellent point where you, you were like, wh- why not just let that happen? And why, why bother fucking with the, uh, why bother fucking with the lethal injection so that the guy has a horribly painful death. And it is the turning point of this isn't a man getting revenge for things anymore because like that's what i could understand right where i was like there has been a miscarriage of justice um where where the people responsible for the death of your family were not held to the the standard that you wanted i understand wanting revenge and Mm -hmm. i understand also even maybe the impulse of i want them to hurt as much as i have been hurt i don't think that's Correct. I think you should probably just go to therapy and work on that rather than spending 10 years creating the, some sort of intricate plan. But uh, <laughs> but I can follow you up to that point. But the point at which it's it's obvious that this was not a nice man to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, well, like nobody based off of his job alone. Right. So it turns out that he was some sort of spy guy who was okay. killing people for a living. Yes. But like the the. Like Darcy in particular, where he straps himself down to, or straps the guy down to a, sur- a table and removes his appendages while he's still alive and awake and keeping him awake. That's like pure fucking torture. I don't think anybody who's just like just seeking revenge could bring themselves to do that. You don't go from like nice family man who's really who really loves his daughter, and I'm not saying he didn't love his daughter, but like that's a psychopath shit. Okay. Right? Here, okay. I'm going to make a weird defense though. Okay. Okay. And it's this. I'm not I I don't I don't think he, anything he did here is right, but <laughs> what I do understand and I'm like I I love that this is it, it feels consistent with the, you know, these like movie governments or whatever. It's just like, okay, the government created a killing machine. <laughs> okay. That's the he was employed by the government, right? Like yes. national defense, these sorts of things. Okay. So you get this guy to do this regularly at his, as his job all day. And then you're what? Like Pikachu face when he turns it around on you. You can't, what are you, what? You created this. <laughs> well, and, and, and honestly, Rebecca, that's the part of the movie that seems to be missing. Okay. Yes. So, so I'm going to pitch you an alternate story here. So first of all, the sort of violent home invasion that is depicted at the beginning of this movie is very uncommon, right? It, it really doesn't happen where you have people entering a house where people are present with the explicit intention of harming people, right? I'm sure it does happen, but like statistically very, very rare, right? Um, generally if it does happen, it's because somebody knows somebody like, you know what I mean? Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's somebody who knows you and knows you'll be home and is breaking in because you have personal beef. Right. Or knows that you have. I thought we were leading. Yeah. (laughs) Cause I was like, okay, well somebody from another agency or something. Right. And that's what I thought was like, these guys are trying to, we're supposed to kill him and make it look like a robbery because the government knew something and then his revenge becomes against all the people who were complicit in that or whatever. And you sort of, Nick, the, the lawyer, sort of figures out as he's going on that he's actually, like, seeking justice from, like, corrupt government, right? 
That seems to be a plot line that was cut from this movie, but it would make everything make more sense and it would make uh, Gerard Butler's character way more sympathetic and would make the, like if, if the inmate that he ends up stabbing to death turned out to be like, government informant that was involved in that you know now he's got a reason to kill that guy guys you gotta throw us something on that right because it's like okay we're supposed to be sympathetic to this guy right because that's how like generally speaking when you watch a movie where you start with the villain okay it's kind of like okay we're seeing what what's happened to this person we want to be sympathetic and kind of see their point of view at least a little bit right but this i i i don't know this guy really just goes like way, way, way the hell off the rails and never returns like this. Okay. So like the guy in the, the guy in the prison. Okay. I could maybe get on, maybe, okay. Kind of at least half get on board with that. If you had given me backstory on like, there was something specific about this man that tied him to this guy, but I can't just go, Oh, well he was a criminal. So it's fine. Right. Because he could be in jail That's for like... That's nuts. Like, you yeah. can't just be like, well, he's in jail, so he deserved to die. It's like, well, that's not... Oh, my <laughs> that's God. That's really not how that system's supposed to work. Like, I feel like... And that's where I feel like I'm like, was there a something cut from that guy? Like, were we supposed to see something else? And then it just didn't make it to the whole movie? I don't know. Exactly. If but I needed, I needed more here. for that guy. Like, I can't just be like, oh, you know, this, this mayor is really curt with everybody. Well, get, get and, rid of her. Like, and that was my other thing. It's like, so, so like a lot of the other people he's targeting were at least involved with the case, but I don't know what the mayor ever did. Did we even meet the mayor until about like two thirds of the way through the movie? I don't think we did. Yeah. And okay. Here's the thing is that, okay, there's this narrative at that point where she's kind of like, I don't care what rules we have to bend. I don't care what laws we have to bend. I don't care what we have to do. We have to stop this guy. And quite frankly, I understand that you're, you know, you're watching that and you're like, okay, yeah, another, another injustice, like another person bending the rules for their own thing. I'm like, no, this guy's like actively killing everybody. Let's bend some rules. But right. And <laughs> let's bend some rules. Well, except, okay. So I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because, uh, oh, this is, I think the other villain of this movie uh, is the system in general. Right. And so, so Gerard Butler sort of at war with the system. And I think the part that you are supposed to sympathize with is this man could not get justice and therefore is a quote unquote right to wage war. But except for the fact, and I'm going to argue that in this case, the system is right. Right. Where in his particular case, the system actually worked in the way, um, it is, let's put it this way. The system aired differently than it normally does, right? Like, like the, the criminals had too many, like the criminals got off because of a technicality uh, where I think more often than not, you have people and specifically people of color who are going to jail for small offenses and having their rights violated right? It's not that the criminals are given too much rights. It's that very often the rights are overstepped, right? Or ignored or whatever. Like it doesn't take uh, a a lot of Google search to find people. Like there's uh, um, not to get 
too serious, but Derek Harris sentenced for 15 years in 2008 for selling 0.69 grams of marijuana and had his Whoa. sentence commuted to life in prison in 2012 for marijuana be under like habitual offender laws, right? So there, this is a guy who sold a cop 0.69 grams of marijuana and is now and was sentenced to life in prison for it. His other offenses were nonviolent related to drug addiction. Uh, like it's fucking insane. There's a there's the teenager in uh, in New York, uh, Caliph uh, Broder, uh, accused of stealing a backpack, held without trial from 2010 to 2013. He was 17 years old, I think, at the time. Was in solitary confinement for two years, held without trial for three years as a teenager, with a stop and frisk. And you go like, that's the that's the error that the systems actually make right where everybody's rights are actually infringed and ignored and, and put away and what what this movie is arguing is that it's wrong in the opposite direction where we give too much leeway we need to crack down harder and the thing that got me about it was like there's two scenes in this where the mayor says shuts down the city imposes martial law and says give the meter made shotguns if we have to fucking terrifying right just oh dude when she's going on that speech she's like i want a cop on every corner so that people know this city's under control and i'm like if i looked out my window (laughs) and i saw a cop on every corner i'd be like we are fucked we are all so fucked this is not under control at all and then when when uh his boss gets killed the da uh, uh, Jamie Foxx's character is promoted to acting DA mm-hmm. and he, he says, and I quote, fuck his civil rights. Like, and that's what the sort of the fantasy of this movie is. It's like, it's very much this like 1980s, there's marauding, uh, psychopaths out there and like us being able to break the people's rights or like violate rights is the only thing that's protecting you. And I'm here to say that the system almost universally skews the other way. Well, I, I think you could just make the argument it's broken on all sides. Yes. Broken on all sides. You know what I mean? There's people out there that are like ripping off like millions upon millions of dollars. And then they're like, do you want to come play tennis and wear this ankle bracelet for a year? Sure. You know what I mean? Like there's just, it depends on how, how much money you have. These sort of, yeah, a, and well, a lot of things. That's so, And you're right. That is the other thing, right? So you do have rich people uh, buying out and getting good defense lawyers. And that's a weird thing in this movie, whereas these these guys who invade or like did the home invasion and killed his family are not rich. They're fucking poor scumbags, as shown. But somehow they got this really good defense lawyer who got them off. You know what I mean? Like, it's there's a disconnect there. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think if you had that sort of like um, that spy sort of thing, then you would have the rich people and they would have the resources to get off. And then you would be like, oh, this is the systemic thing. But really, as it as it's presented right now, that was just a really good public defender. Yeah. And and I cannot stress enough. So the reason that they get off in the first place is because of the exclusionary rule, which basically means that the evidence is not admissible because it was collected in a way that violated their rights. So, like, 
it that's what sort of disturbed me about this movie so much is like it's making the constant argument for less rights and more police power and more ability to like infringe on people's rights in order to enact justice and i feel like that's just it's the correction in the wrong way than certainly what we need now oh yeah i just i can't stop cop on every corner if i saw anything on every corner i would fucking flip out if there was a (laughs) lemonade stand on every corner i would shit my pants like i just like anything that much is never good like you're absolutely right that uh, a lemonade stand with just like a little girl scout on every corner you'd be like no i'm in the truman show something's happening like this this is okay yeah this is some horror movie shit i'm having a full ass breakdown would you like some lemonade <laughs> oh god no. <laughs> get me out of this city uh yeah 100 percent. so 100%. this guy okay so we've got jamie fox who is basically the opposing force of our gerard butler right like yeah he so he cuts a deal and he's like listen this is better than like if we totally go for it we might lose everything i mean fair enough these are, and it, it comes up where it's like, okay, like you're just really, com- you're really worried about your conviction rate and you were worried about losing, but it's also like, yeah, like he probably wants to get some of these guys off the streets for a, a while, like the best he can, of course. Like that makes sense to me that he's like, okay, I, this is my job. This is unfortunate, but this is the system I have to work within. Yes. And I think he did do a good job. You know, like, like he, like he even says, this doesn't seem like a victory, but it is. We, we got them. We put them away for a while. They're off the street. And like, uh, although you do sit there, like the entire time I was like, oh yeah, like this isn't, you're you're not good at this speech. (laughs) 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 So I saw I want to say like, there's a, there's really no soft, like you are you, I, I felt like I'm like, you just don't understand you're talking to a, a very traumatized person. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So could he have handled that a little better? Yes. Does that uh, justify um, uh, Gerard Butler then sending a DVD of him mutilating a man to his young daughter? No. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's, I, I, and, and, and I don't know that that high conviction rate makes him thing that you pointed out makes him they try and paint him as like oh he's worried about his reputation but that that's what you he got the conviction he got it right it's an imperfect system and he he was able to put those guys away even for a little while it's there it's sort of the result that you want right mm-hmm. mm-hmm and i think i i don't know i could be wrong but i'm like okay He's so smart. He could have gotten the main characters done quick. You know what I mean? Like this could have been done 10 years ago. Like this was literally your job. This is what you would do actively. Just get rid of that one other guy. Yeah. Justice served. Like the, there's some of the, like the self, when she answers the cell phone and like, I get it. She's a douchebag. Okay. The judge is a douchebag. I get that. But there's also something that I found so strange about Gerard Butler's character that he was like, okay, like this guy's a genius. He's like, you know, you, 
it's kind of like if he wants you somewhere, you will be there. Um, he's like this, like he's just moving all the pieces. Yeah, he's a puppet master, a ghost. Uh, yeah. But at the same token, he's like, he's like yelling at this judge, like, yeah, I bet you take it up the ass. And I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> what is this really weird back and forth of like, I am a fucking calculating genius. And then at the same time, it's like this, this weird, like, fuck you, fuck you, you're an asshole, like, kind of thing. Well, you know I think I, mean? I I think in that scene what's happening is, because he's he, like, makes a very good argument as to why he should be out on parole, right? Mm-hmm. And then the judge is like, I tend to agree with you, uh, which, like, yeah, that's for sure not a thing we want for our, uh, for our judicial officials, right, is people who listen to reason uh, <laughs> and w- well-formed arguments. Um and then he gets mad at her for letting him go because he's a murderer. Right? And he's like, yeah. this is the problem. And then he swears at her so that she throws him in jail because he mm-hmm. needs to be in jail for his next part of the plan. So yeah. that's why I think he went off there. It's like, I, uh, if he's in jail... Uh, by the way, I'm so fucking sick. I don't know if this was new at the time. I am so sick of the, if he's in jail, it's because he wants to be in jail thing. <laughs> I don't... Yes, that is so. There were certain moments where I was like, "Okay, guys, we're stretching a bit, yeah, a bit." There's got to be some mistakes, team. This guy isn't. What if they? What if they're like? By the way, the uh, the uh, uh, solitary confinement cells out of order right now because there's a sinkhole under it. Weird. Uh, Sounds like someone's <laughs> been trying to tunnel. So anyway, we're gonna uh, we're gonna put you in solitary in uh, uh, the other wing of that thing, and then plan's over. Plan's done. You know. Uh, yeah. Even just like. Even a even a little uh, room where he does gets poor cell reception would fuck him up, you know. Like it's, ah. <laughs> I would just love to see a not movie. an afternoon movie. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see a movie that's like if he's not in jail, it's because he doesn't want to be in jail. <laughs> like it's <laughs> <laughs> being in jail would actually fuck up his mastermind plot quite a bit. Uh, that is a. It, it really reduces his mobility and ability to uh, obtain materials and think off the top of his head. Um, <laughs> can you imagine? I can't. I get. This is something I can sympathize with, though, is spending 10 years planning something and then just having one little thing go wrong that fucks it all up. <laughs> That's the movie I want to watch. <laughs> That, yes, that is the movie I want to watch. Just like 10 fucking years of planning and yeah. he like, I don't know, trips over his shoelace or something. <laughs> Just like breaks his ankle. Fuck! Yeah. Oh! Oh, no. I really needed to be able to move for this to work. <laughs> or, he's, or he goes to stab his cellmate to death with the, uh, the bone of the T-bone steak and it's just like, you know how there's that like cartilage end on it sometimes mm-hmm. that isn't quite, so it just like bounces off of him. <laughs> it just gets beat up in the cell and like everyone's fine, just com- uh, convicted of murder. Yeah. <laughs> but oh I goodness. really need to go back to the point of there's revenge and then there's like torture porn, you know? And mm-hmm. he was he's a sadistic fuck. 
Because, like, okay, you get why he wants to take things down. You're like, yes, the system doesn't work. This is fucked up. That what happened to him was super fucked up. Like, this is, none of this is correct, of course. So you're like, yes, okay, I want you, I want a bit of this, but I don't want all of this. This is too much. There's, there's bombs, there's, like, when he, I don't know, when, okay, here's a point against Nick that I'm going to bring up, because I think this is so wild, and I don't understand why this is the, like, pretty much the ending of the movie. He's like, all right. So he brings in, he brings back the bomb, right? Okay, so this this guy set up a bomb underneath the floor of where all these high, like the mayor and all these officials are meeting. He's like, I'm gonna blow up everybody, right? Nick the lawyer, right? He's like, yeah, Nick the lawyer, Nick the lawyer slash badass cop, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just just getting in helicopters, doing whatever. Okay, brings it back and is like, okay, if he decides to blow up that floor he'll blow up his himself it's like his choice in that moment right right because there is a theme there about um everybody getting what they deserve and it's like what do you deserve yeah Mm -hmm. but i could be mistaken maybe i missed a plot point i'm like there's no way he blew up just himself. <laughs> that was a huge fucking explosion. Yeah, it blew up okay. the side of the prison. That's it a was prison. a big explosion. Okay, that's a prison. And from what I understand, most of these prisons are full. Okay, Pretty dense. From, yes, like they're dense, okay. I'm like, there's no way he just took out himself, okay? That was a, that was a big fire. That was a lot of people. And again, I feel like this this movie has this weird perspective of like, well, they were criminals, so they all deserve to die. <laughs> right? Like, yes. Yeah. Every everybody in prison is yeah. Uh, and and let's not let's not gloss over the fact that he needed to be stopped. Gerard brother needed to be stopped. But bringing a bomb into a cell so that the other person blows himself up—that's still murder. You know, like that's like you brought it to them. Like if I know that you're going to hit this button, Rebecca, Mm -hmm. right? And I bring a bomb that's going to detonate when you hit that button. That's murder. Regardless of whether. Okay. I I see what you're saying. Yes. Okay. And I, I, I get that. But I just think. It, it's it's it, to me it's kind of like okay if you're you're holding on if you buy a gun you also better be prepared to get shot. <laughs> I, yes. Like, okay. I don't, if I don't he's hold willing, any... if this guy's like okay, I'm gonna I'm willing to blow up a whole floor. Blowing himself, I'm kind of like yeah, like I I saw I I sign off on that. I get that. What I don't get is like this guy's in a populated area for sure. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's, it's not like he. It's just him. <laughs> I, I still think there's something immoral <laughs> about moving a bomb <laughs> to a place where, to trick somebody into blowing themselves up. Uh, regard like I these mean, are yeah, high moral I, the standards. travel of that. Do you imagine this guy's just like gets a little antsy and is like, you know what? Yeah, this just like takes out a city block because yeah. Jamie Foxx is like, it's not poetic unless I bring it. <laughs> it's on a bus. Well, and apparently the ending of this movie was uh, very difficult to nail down. There was very many, many different uh, proposed endings to this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, because they were just like, how do we finish this conflict? Uh, mm-hmm. And they went with the uh, prison bomb. But like the other thing about this is like 
In order to justify him at all, the crime at the beginning of the movie has to be so heinous mm-hmm. as to have no uh, no moral gray area, right? Yes. Like if you if you start the movie with, we're not really sure who did it. We think it's maybe this guy or or even if it was a mugging gone wrong. Like if it was even just a Batman situation, right? Where it's like, uh, you know, in an alley afterwards and somebody gets shot. I don't think you'd have such, you would even have such a clear, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a, a compassion or like sympathy to what he does even at the beginning, right? Or Or that you'd hate the fact that they couldn't get a conviction. Right. Like, like as soon as this is muddied even a little bit, mm-hmm. it all becomes so much the, 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 um, Nick's, uh, Nick's prosecution of it and everything becomes so much clearer and more correct. Like, do you, do you get the point I'm making? Like it's, it has to be so bad at the beginning for any of this to make sense. Yes. And I mean, I would agree. I would say that it is. <laughs> I would say it is yeah. so bad at the beginning. But it's just his, to to me, we we brought the circle out too wide. We kept going and it's yes. like, we should have, we should have contained. <laughs> well, like, and, and the one that got me was like the car bomb that kills like the assistant Sarah, who's just kind of like an attorney that worked on the case, like mm-hmm. was Nick's assistant or whatever. And you're like, what did she actually do? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where, oh, that was a really big turning point for me too. I was like, Sarah, no. Oh, my God. Oh, guys, before we continue on with this very special episode, um, we've got a second sponsor. Guys, this episode has been sponsored by Best Movie Ever, a new oral history about the production of the 2001 Josie and the Pussycats movie and its 20-year journey to becoming a cult classic, which I think we all can agree it is. Yeah, if, uh, you know, we, we talk about movies a lot. Josie and the Pussycat was a movie where I was like that though. And then someone showed it to me and I was like, oh, there is so much more going on in this movie than just seeing the poster or just seeing the, the ads for it were right. Or like the DVD cover. It's crazy. Um, and, and it's, Getting really crazy good reviews, right? So uh, the the producer of Troll Hunters and Arrow, uh, Mark Guggenheim, called Best Movie Ever a tour de force oral history where every page is filled with joy. That That's a review. You know, every page? Fantastic. Plus, I mean, yeah, of course, Josie and the Pussycats. That's filled with joy. That's a movie with joy. You're going to read a book filled with joy. It just works. And honestly, as soon as we stop recording, I'm just going to straight up put on the soundtrack. Like I've just like I've already been humming all the songs in my head. As soon as I read this, I was like, yeah, <laughs> so we got to do that. Um, guys, if you want to get your copy of uh, best movie ever, it is available on Amazon or uh, Josiebook.com. Uh, if you want to hit up Josiebook dot com and enter the coupon code villain at checkout you can get 25 percent off your purchase that's josiebook.com and enter the code villain du jour means fbi because of planes <laughs> and now back to law abiding citizen yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. sort of the opposite of josie and the pussycats yeah movie. oh yeah, the sure. mood the the mood switch I love that they law-abiding citizen. I'm like, this guy broke so many fucking laws. Oh, my God. It's really a movie of just watching men turn into what they hate. 
It is. It's just men <laughs> turning into what they hate. I'm going like, to need more explanation than that, I think. Well, okay. So, um, all right, Gerard Butler. Okay. He, it's like, okay. So his whole thing is like, okay, these guys murdered my family. So then he turns himself into even more of a murderer than I guess he already was employed by the government. And a slightly uh, more indiscriminate murderer, too. <laughs> yeah, and and actively makes deals, which was the thing he is very much against, okay? Making deals with, like, murderers making deals with lawyers is how this all started, and this is all he utilizes as a tool, right? So he's just, and I know I understand that that's, like, the point. <laughs> like he's but trying it's to very teach much them like the lesson. Just yeah. Turning into the thing he hates. Like these people, you know what I mean? Like you look at some of these people and I'm like, some of these people are so not involved. These actually, do you think every lawyer on that lot was somebody that had worked for this man at the time that this, this law, this, uh, court case happened? No. Fuck no. Some of these people are just reading books, man. They're just coming in, they're slamming these books down, getting yelled at by a man that's twice their age, getting felt up in the back room and going home. Okay? It's not their fault. What is this? Yeah, and and the defense lawyer in this is another one where it's like, um, we have one scene where he like, makes like a sexual comment towards uh, Sarah, the assistant, or the, the assistant attorney or whatever. Um... And like that's that's supposed to paint him as like, well, I guess he's a bad guy then. He's a sleaze bag. And like, yes, he is for that, but also doesn't deserve to be machine gunned to death or no, he was the guy who was buried uh, yes. alive. Yeah, and he was ba- for three days. For three okay, days. He was chilling down there. Three days. And listen, the defense attorney is an important part of the of the judicial system, right? You do not want a system where people do not have a defense attorney, right? Yeah. Like it's, it. that's the whole, they're back. And like, again, I keep going back to the fact that this movie is, is proposing the wrong things for the wrong solution, <laughs> like for the wrong problems. It's, it's like, well, they shouldn't have had a defense. Okay. So you want just fucking executions on the street then, you know? Yeah. I think, and there's, like when he, the one specific request was, uh, and especially when he, the parking lot, right? So it was like, drop the charges by 6 a.m. or I kill everyone. And it's like, your whole thing was, murderers shouldn't be let go. And they didn't. And they don't, they do what your message is, which is, don't negotiate with these people. I've murdered a bunch of people. I should be in jail. And like, honestly, when I was watching this movie, I was like, oh, okay. This is the moment where they start realizing what he's trying to do, which is send a message about how this is the way it's supposed to go. But then he just kills all them when he, when, when he isn't released. And it's like, well, that was the whole point. I thought that was yeah. your whole point was that you shouldn't be released. Cause you are a murderer. Absolutely. And there's no higher moral purpose here. It it's it sort of starts out with like, I want to teach you a lesson about keeping your word and like, you know, not listening to people and not making deals and that sort of thing. But he doesn't hold that up at any point. Yeah, like he literally says, lessons not learned in blood are soon forgotten. <laughs> like <laughs> 
Listen, okay. If we were talking about who are great villains in the sense of great at being a bad guy, woo, this guy's nailing it. He's an incredible villain. He's got all these great lines. He's got these little little ticks and things that make him kind of crazy. Like there's a lot going on. He's really smart. But as far as like, is this guy right? No. Do I empathize with him? Absolutely. He's right in the sense that the system's corrupt. He's right in a lot of ways other than his actions. But the, and again, I keep going back to, yes, the system is corrupt, but it is corrupt in the way that the system actually isn't. The corruption that is like put up as an example in this is just the system working kind of as it ideally should and not infringing on the rights of people all the time to put people away for zero charges, right? Like this is, I don't know. I, I yeah, it just feels like it's coming it's from a different cases? angle. People with money. This guy yes. could have just spent all of his money <laughs> bombarding and keep going and driving at the hoop for this guy because they'll just kind of let you do that as far as I've seen. Right. Of just like, just keep going. Like, I've got money. I'm going to keep paying for people to do things. This guy's got endless amount. If you're just, get rid of a couple of these warehouses, a couple of these properties. Just start, just start making their lives a living hell. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. The, the, the bigger problem is, is that people who are rich can buy their justice and those who are poor cannot. Yes. Like, so why is this rich motherfucker? <laughs> right. Exactly. It's it's all like it it. This movie attempts to teach the wrong lesson, is what I would say. Yeah. yeah. Like I feel like it just. I I feel yes. It. I think the original lesson was different. Is what I want to say. I feel like it. It, it feels confused. Yes. Because yeah, it's like, we, okay, I shouldn't be, you shouldn't let murderers out. I'm a murderer, let me out. And then it's like, okay, you've got this lawyer that's like, okay, we have to operate within the confines of the legal system. And then he breaks free of it and becomes one of those people that like operates on the outside of it. Like, oh, like he doesn't deserve his rights anymore and these sorts of things. And it's kind of like, okay, so we just have these guys, you know, going over to the other side. And it's like, you could have put in that effort somewhere different, somewhere this, more productive. And the spy thread that we sort of put up at the beginning solves all these problems, where it's like, these are people that the system cannot touch, therefore my justice will reach them. Oh, yeah, you got to go John Wick. You gotta, yeah, kind of a yeah. John Wick sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, these are people that the government doesn't control anymore or doesn't work, and they do not adhere to the same laws. And now this is extrajudicial justice because they they work beyond the law right yes. that brings it all together and then you also have this commonality with between nick and uh uh clyde you know uh, gerard butler and jamie fox at the end where jamie fox can kind of come around and be like you need to be stopped but you've also done i see why you've done this now mm -hmm. there were people that the legal system can't touch you you took them out because of actual corruption and but now you have to be you also have to be ended because you are also working as that like and then Jamie Foxx's character growth is the law isn't is more complicated and justice is more complicated than I originally thought he actually leaves a changed character which I don't think he does otherwise I think he just went through some horrible shit and is otherwise still probably a pretty good lawyer that's probably going to cut deals to put murderers away. 
Yeah, he was just like, I got to see my daughter more. Like, yeah. that was his lesson of like, <laughs> I'm going to go check out some, like a cello recital. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, I almost died and then remembered what was important. <laughs> Good, that's good. I guess that you know, counts. It's as just like you know, like fifty people had to die first before you figure yeah. that out. A but, lot uh, of my friends and colleagues. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I. <laughs> oh man! Oh, that guy's birthday party sucks. <laughs> now that guy is not having a fun time. You know, the office, around the office. Jesus. The office Christmas party is going to be very different this year. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, what do you think? Anything? Uh, anything no, more I it? think uh, I think it's interesting. I think he's an interesting villain. I think yes. Again, if this podcast was called, you can kind of see his point. <laughs> <laughs> then yes, <laughs> but I think we really we really go off the rails. The villain was right for about maybe the first ten minutes of the movie, and then uh, yeah, not so much, not so much anymore. He makes uh, some points, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like. I yeah I'm on board I think it's some interesting questions I'm not sure we got to the bottom of it a deeply flawed movie that I have not thought about since it came out there we go so it is of course time for our definitive rankings of how good the villain is what do you got Rebecca um I've got um from okay and of course well I think we both know who I'm judging yeah yeah, yeah. I've got uh from the secret to a Pinterest vision board I'm going to give Gerard Butler a Charlie Day crazy wall. You went too far. (laughs) (laughs) It's too much, man. It's too much. Too much. Absolutely. I also did uh, Gerard Butler's character. So I did the the law-breaking citizen scale. So breaking the law instead of following it. So so for my homeowners association bylaw violation, because fuck, who cares about those? Uh, all the way up to uh, double parking behind an ambulance. Uh, I'm going to give. You're doing some real harm there. You're 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 hurting people. Uh, I'm going to give uh, Gerard Butler's character a uh, a public urination because uh, we all understand the impulse and everyone can one can understand it when it happens on occasion. But when you do it all the time, we've got a bigger problem. <laughs> you're just gonna murder somebody it's just gonna so, happen like, sometimes you know you, justice is not served and you need to seek revenge and everyone's gonna be like you know we don't like it but it's fine uh <laughs> but when you're pissing when you're pissing all over the place and everyone's how oh, jesus everyone's lawn is yellow and they're like why why are they, it's like the neighbor the neighbor does this all right <laughs> and before we get to our heroes and villains of the week uh, a couple ways that you guys can uh help the podcast first of all uh if uh, you want to get in touch with us um, we are uh, almost everywhere. Uh, we're on Twitter, VWR Podcast. We are uh, on Facebook at Villain Was Right. And if you want to reach out to us with some suggestions or anything like this, like we said, Law Abiding Citizen. So many email suggestions for this weird, weird movie. Uh, you can get in touch with us at uh, Villain Was Right at gmail.com. And as always, of course, we're on Patreon. So if you want to hit us up on patreon.com slash the villain was right, uh, we've got a couple of tiers. Of course, we always have bonus episodes and you get the whole backlog of bonus episodes. If you sign up now, you get all of them. You can listen to all of them back to back 
great for a road trip. We get loose. If you want a couple of buddies in your ears, that's what you want to get. Uh, of course, we also have audience choice. Once a month, you get a little more say on what's going on there. Of course, patreon.com slash the villain was right. And of course, now it is time for our heroes and villains of the week. I've got like a, like a soft villain. I have like a very, very soft light villain this week. Not a huge deal, but I am, I, over the course of COVID, I've been doing these um, online Zoom shows. And sometimes when you get signed up for, you know, a Zoom show or a corporate or, you know, a workplace is like, can you please, you know, perform for us at noon or whatever? Um, sometimes they don't give you all the information, right? And it happens, but whatever, okay? You just, you kind of roll with the punches. So I had this one, and normally sometimes you'll do like a tech run where they just want you to hop on for a couple of minutes just to be like, hey, your mic works. That's what you look like. Everything connects. We're, we don't have to be figuring out anything day of, you know how to sign in, all this kind of stuff, right? Fair enough. So I sign into this one and I have no information on the show, right? I, I was booked uh, through another person. So I'm talking to this woman and I always ask, I always want to ask, like, is, like how, because when somebody says clean, that could mean anything. That literally could mean anything on the planet. I've, ha I've shown up and people have been like, yeah, we want to clean, like, you can talk about sex and you can swear, but like nothing too aggressive. And I'm like, well, nothing you said was clean there. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking But cool, that's great. I could say whatever I want then. Or sometimes they're like, you can't even, oh, there's like, there's like, they'll send you a list of topics, right? So I asked this person, I'm like, hey, like, uh, like, are there content restrictions? And their eyes get really wide and they're like, oh, yes. Oh. And as soon as somebody's eyes get wide, I'm like, oh, oh. So, okay. <laughs> so there's a lot. Okay. This person's like, well, you know, like, there's going to be like kids present. There's going to be kids present. Right. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, um, that's different. <laughs> like, because there's a huge difference between like PG and G of like, okay, like this is appropriate and clean in front of adults because we're adults. But then, you know, like, I don't want to be teaching any children, anything new today. Right. So I get off the call and I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird, but it wasn't, I, I wasn't the one who booked it. So I messaged the person that booked it and I was like, Hey, like, there was something sad about kid. I just want to follow up with this because like, I want to make sure that I know exactly what's going on with his show. Anyway, we get an email back me like, no, 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 I misspoke. Like, no, I just meant like maybe around, like they're not invited specifically. It's just like, they might be around in the room and like, that's why we don't want swearing or whatever. And I hear that all the time. So I'm like, okay, that's not a problem at all. Right. But I'm like actively, she, it was like, oh no, 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 they, Rebecca didn't hear me correctly. That's how it was worded to me. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I was just like, cause it was an early call. I was like, yeah, maybe I just didn't have enough coffee in me, whatever. Do I log, when I log into this zoom show, am I not looking at 30 children's faces? <laughs> yeah. Of course you are. Of course. A hundred percent. I was like, okay, so you did invite children. <laughs> but realized that might be an issue and tried to backpedal. <laughs> so now I'm unprepared. I'm looking at, there are more children than adults. That's what I'm looking at. And I'm like, oh my God. I mean, I feel like I squeaked it out, but it was, woo, <laughs> that's a different vibe. That is that's much a, different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The stress of, cause I was like, oh, you want a clown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's who you want. You want a clown. There's really, I'm sure there's a couple of examples, but there's really no like 
stand up for children unless it's a child performing unless it's kind of like oh that's like a cute little thing we're doing um nuts anyway but again soft not a huge deal or yeah, anything just i just like, thought it was pretty cute i was like oh okay i see what happened here okay i gotta perform for children yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's what's up uh mine is also performance based uh so uh as uh regular listeners know i was able to go uh, finally go on tour so i uh, i had uh, some shows over the last little bit and uh one of these shows i had the worst we had the worst fucking heckler in our uh, show and to the point where like people left after the show and they were like, we, uh, Oh, we had a really good time, but that table ruined it for us. Right. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. It's like the That's front a table bad heckler. It. Yeah. And for various reasons during the show, like the, the guy, the, like the guy had his shirt off at one point what? and like was just like yelling stuff out. And for various reasons that I won't go into in the actual show, like it, it just were he wasn't kicked out for whatever reason. And kind of the show devolved into like a him versus everyone else sort of thing. Anyway, but after the show, you know, the comics are all sitting around and we're just kind of talking and just be like, I can't believe like what, that went so far off the rails so quickly. Uh, and uh, we're just sitting around and talking and who shows up to talk to us, but the guy, the heckler. <gasps> so the heckler and he's like clearly quite drunk and he comes mm-hmm. up to us and he goes, uh, uh, I wasn't that big of an asshole, was I? Like all kind of friendly. Mm-mm-mm. And and Mm-mm-mm. I look him in the eye and like me and the other comic were like, yeah, you were. You were a huge asshole. Yeah. Um, and like he immediately starts getting all defensive. Like, oh, well, you know, like uh, saying stuff like, well, you know, I was just helping out, which like you're not. And uh, he's just like, you know, you guys have to be able to uh, handle that sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, we do have to handle that sort of thing. But it's like a flat tire. Right. You got to deal with a flat tire, but you don't want to. And it fucks up the trip. Right. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so we're telling him that and he's just like, oh, well, you know, okay, well, uh, you can't blame me because I didn't know. I only really watched uh, uh, comedy on TV and stuff. This is like kind of my first time out. I was like, if this is your first time out, great. Thanks for coming. But would you like it if somebody interrupted if you're watching something on TV and they were just people shouting shit out at the comedians as they're talking. No, you wouldn't because it ruins it. And that's what you're doing for the people in this room. I was like, I was looking the guy in the eye and saying this directly to him. And uh, he's just like, oh, well, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I was like, listen. Like, I'm tired of him at this point. I was like, listen, you say it's your first time. You didn't know. That's fine. Now, you know, next time do better. I looked him in the eye and I <gasps> said, yeah, <laughs> that's and I, Craig. That's you popping it off. Like, yes, that is me. That is an 11. Uh, for Craig. <laughs> that's an 11. If Craig asks you to do better, that's a, <laughs> uh, and that to me is also, I think a fairly gracious out for the, for, for this conversation. Right? Like if I was like, Rebecca, it's fine. You didn't know next time do better. You, as a sane human being, would bow out and be like, thank you so much. Oh, right. Oh, I'm going to a dark room to think. Right. Like, I'm leaving and shutting myself in a closet. This guy does not take the off ramp. This guy keeps on going. And I just like, and at a various point, I'm just like, all right, I need to leave this situation. So I leave and I go and I like go around the corner, like near a pool table. I'm talking to a couple other like comedians from the city who are there. And I'm just like talking to them. I'm like, can you believe this fucking guy? And then the guy comes over and starts talking to me again. 
No. The heckler is following me around the club and he's like, keeps insisting that he wasn't doing anything wrong. And I'm like, I am going to lose it on this man. So I had to walk away from these other comedians. Oh, I forgot. There was a, there's an instance before this where I was handing out business cards at the end of the show. Like, follow me on social media. Check out the villain was right. All the rest. And he comes out and takes one of the cards and goes like, so I'm sorry, man. Like so drunk. And he's like, what's your name again? And I was like, it's on the card. And he's, <laughs> like, and he's like, oh, okay, I don't read so good. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, so this is where we're at. I finally had to go back so into good. the showroom and mm-hmm. just hang out there with the wait staff and the doormen while they like cleaned the room. Like they were vacuuming things. I was like, guys, I need to stay in here because this guy keeps following me around. And like eventually he left and like I just poked my my head out. But I was just like, I cannot believe how angry I am at this man. So don't <laughs> first of all, don't heckle at comedy shows. Uh, second of all, don't deny it if someone tells you you're being an asshole or making their job more difficult. And certainly don't follow somebody around and try and convince them otherwise. That's my villain of the week. Fuck that guy. He, <laughs> he took a card for the podcast. I hope he's hearing it again. <laughs> <laughs> it settles in now. Uh, <laughs> shout out to everybody at the club uh, who had to deal with that as well. You guys are the you guys are the heroes of that that story. So, yeah, that's it. That's a good one. Oh my god, guys! Well, as always, uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at Rebecca Reads on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, and you can follow me at uh, Craig Fake Comedy on Facebook and Twitter. Nice. Look forward to next week. Of course, we're releasing every Thursday and we will release next Thursday. This is The Villain Was Right, reminding you that lessons can be learned in things other than blood. (laughs) (laughs) The Villain Was Right was produced by Andrew Ivamy for the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as YouTube series, webcomics, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.